Hey, 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 people, let's get this party started. This is Erica L. Ayala, one of your hosts of the Founding Four Pod. We are a women's hockey podcast, and we are doing our Premier Hockey Federation previews. Today, we are focusing on the Boston Pride. And we're going to have Sam Fryman join us. Sam and I go way back to when we used to broadcast games in the arena. Holy cannoli. And we're also going to have co-hosts of the Founding Four pod, Angelica Rodriguez, join us. But for those who don't know, the Founding Four podcast is a part of Black Rosie Media. Black Rosie Media is here to empower black women and melanated people in sports media. So we are excited to have the Founding Four podcast be our flagship podcast over at Black Rosie Media. So we're getting Angelica up here, CDF in the house, Chanel, thank y'all for joining us. Going to get everything situated, situated here. Again, talking about the Boston Pride. So you'll see uh, they're going for a three-peat. Already have three championships as a franchise. Won two in a row. I still um, have a lot of thoughts about that first one of the of the repeat, but you know, things got a little crazy in the end double. What can we do? And Helica. Hello. Hello, hello. We're on the we're in the same time zone tonight. Wow, how about that? I know, right? Crazy. Yeah. Indeed, indeed, indeed. Um, yeah, how's it feel to be back in the eastern time zone? I mean, you know, it is uh not great for my sleep cycle. <laughs> Losing that hour and then I had a, a conference uh that was really dope though, so I can't really be mad, but you know, a little bit cray cray. Um the weather's been nice, so can't complain there either. Mm-hmm. But it's nice. good. It's good. It's good to be back on the time zone that everyone defaults to. So when someone just <laughs> says, "Oh yeah, be here at five thirty or call in at eight, and then I'm like, "Oh okay," like I don't have to do any calculations. <laughs> it's dope. It's dope. All right, but we we have Sam Fryman with us as well. Sam, how are you? Hello, I am very well. Glad to be on the Eastern Time Zone as well. Uh, <laughs> This is this is one night where I kind of wish there was a video element Twitter spaces. Then you would have been able to see the lovely Philadelphia Phillies hat I wore just for you. You know what? Um, we are changing things up, folks. Sam Priman has uh, been disinvited. <laughs> <laughs> that you mean? It's okay. I mean, it damn. is literally raining on their. It is literally raining on their parade right now in Atlanta. The so shade. that's a little bit of karma for me. The shade, Sam. Damn. <laughs> like not two sentences in. That was that was raw. That was I'm feeling that. You know what? I can't even. I don't even we gotta shut this down. I can't be I can't be like punked like this on my own on my own co-hosted Twitter spaces. For those do, who do uh, not know. First and only appearance, I guess. Yeah, exactly. You're, you're, you're just like your Phillies. You can go somewhere. 
this is uh damn man messing me up see what happens when i come back to new york for those who don't know i'm a big new york metropolitans fan and the mets go mets and everyone's like oh Eric, 100 wins i was like fam we take it one game at a time and we did not advance um to take on uh the well, I guess we would have. I don't even know. Honestly, I I I stopped. I stopped listening to the NLDS after that. But uh, Braves, it's the Braves and Phillies. That's really great for me as a Mets fan. Mm. And the Yankees are still in it. Oh good goodness, what a what a time, what a time. Anyway, off the rails already. Jeez, Sam. <laughs> we're here to talk. We're here to talk women's <laughs> hockey. But it's great to talk to. Uh, both you and Angelica, I believe it's been since the uh, finals in Tampa that we last saw each other. Oh, uh, you might be right about that. Yeah, I think so. Well, yeah, since I've seen, yeah, that's that's got to be, uh, it. that feels like it's like been an eon ago, to be honest with you. Forever. Um, it's really only months. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, uh, yeah, it feels like it was a whole nother world ago. But, um, yeah, it's definitely, it feels like, you know, blink of an eye also at the same time. You know, I blinked and all of a sudden we're back here at hockey season. So, um, yeah, it's, you know, definitely good to uh, start it up again. And are you live from Northtown Center tonight? <laughs> um actually no not tonight um i have bowed gracefully out of covering practice tonight um just uh because um yeah my uh day job has been kicking my behind so i'm actually going to get a nice uh nice night's sleep tonight especially since uh um you know the uh miss rona continues to make her rounds in my day job and uh you know close contact happened last week as well so i'm actually you know trying to lay low a little bit until i know for sure that we're good well stay safe out there yeah. yes to everyone to everyone okay so now that i've semi-recovered from all of the shade that sam threw my way um <laughs> again this is the founding four pod we're doing team by team phf previews and we were on here uh sunday on helica and giving stick taps to this one before i knew he was going to be all shady with the baseball talk but um <laughs> so but but on helica we were talking because the only one of the three of us that has been able to see any of the preseason action to date is sam fryman yes yes indeed sam the tell us all about one. it yes the only one well, number well, one it, it was just quite a journey to uh get to the uh, preseason game out on the Cape there, which was just a lovely weekend, a lovely arena. Great that the Boston Pride continues to do that again, and great that they do it in the name of a charitable cause as well, an organization known as Tommy's Place out there in the Cape Cod, Massachusetts area. It does a lot of great things uh, to help children who are unfortunately uh, suffering from cancer, cancer, and it really helps to uh, ease the burden on their families and their loved ones. But it was a drive from Philadelphia all the way out uh, to Cape Cod to catch that preseason game. But the fans had really been clamoring for a game to be broadcast. And I just really wanted to 
be out there, uh, kind of dust off the old microphone and headset. And uh, it was just really cool to get back out there and see the team again, see the fans again, and broadcast what was a highly entertaining game there between uh, the Ribs and Pride. And I was glad to see that everyone really enjoyed it. I love that. I was able to tune in for a little bit, so it was it was great to hear. But okay, so Sam, you've gotten to see the team in action in the preseason, but before we get into what the roster looked like, your thoughts kind of on some of the lines that you saw rolling, let's first remind everyone how the Boston Pride ended up getting another championship, the road to the ship. Now, Sam, in the last handful of seasons, the Boston Pride have been having a little bit of difficulty, particularly with special teams and being able to convert offensively. Um, what did you see over time last season that you think made the Boston Pride really uh, kind of exercise some of their regular season demons to be able to hoist Isabel the Isabel Cup once again? I think one of the biggest changes actually came excuse me, partway through the season. uh, And it was one of the biggest acquisitions, I think, in all of the PHF last year. And that was the addition to the Boston Pride lineup of one Callie Flanagan. The speed she is able to show in every single game, going coast to coast through all three zones and really being sort of that second quarterback option to the power of play as a defender who just loves to shoot the puck every single time she gets the puck. You didn't really have that on the pride power play units outside of Kaylee Fratkin. So now that you can shift it up, you have a defender in Flanagan who is a little more offensive minded, I would say than Fratty and the pride power play coming into, I think the playoffs specifically, they had only scored on about four opportunities the entire season. They went through a stretch of, I want to say it was almost eight or nine games where they did not score a power play goal at all. And I remember post game one time, McKenna Brand, I asked her about what is going to have to be the magic spell here to really get the power play working in. And she said, it was just really trusting ourselves a lot more, not gripping the sticks too tightly, not trying to do more than what we can control on the power play, just trying to move around a little more. And keep the game simple. Keep the passing simple. And I think when you have a veteran like Callie Flanagan again come in there and the overall veteran core of the Pride just trusting themselves and trusting their teammates a lot more, that's what really led to the turnaround. And then you see, you saw what happened in Tampa in the postseason there. It seemed like pretty much every other opportunity the Pride got with the skater advantage, they were able to take advantage and score. Yeah, I think um, Flanagan coming in definitely is kind of a big deal. It was a big storyline from last year also because, of course, we still have um, residual effects of the CWHL closing, um, then the PWHPA beginning, um, or I guess the 40-game movement first. And Callie Flanagan, for those who don't know, you know, has played with USA Hockey. And uh, we were in a world championship year. Um, but once she was not named to that roster, um, or I guess, uh, yeah, wasn't named to the roster, then or wasn't with the national team, then um, that 
provided an opportunity for her to come to the PHF uh, and come to Boston. Angelica, uh, we mentioned Tampa and we know we've, we've talked about that before. You were uh, a trooper like a lot of us working through some things. Um, but do you remember or recall anything that stood out, particularly in the new kind of playoff, playoff excuse me, format that we saw um, that really just put Boston a step above and uh, gave them the opportunity to to uh to really come through and win that championship um i mean like i said it feels like it's so long ago but um you know i think that really nothing in particular about the new playoff format to in my estimation i just think it's kind of i mean this is kind of par for the course with boston you know especially the last couple of seasons because we saw it in lake placid as well you know they they struggled early and then they managed to get it together at the right time. And I just think that's a testament to coaching of, of Palmara and, you know, the, the structure of that team that they're able to kind of regroup like that. You know, I think that also get having a goalie get really, really hot at the right time. Like Katie Burt did was, you know, huge for them as well, which, you know, looking at the roster, they've only got 12 signings right now that they've announced. So I'm hoping, well, at least, you know, that I see on their, on their website. So um, I'm hoping that means that she's coming back, but uh, you know, I just think that altogether, it's just, you know, that team has not only the experience, but the composure and the, you know, depth in order to, you know, turn it around and, and, and make it, um, you know, make it look easy like that. So. Yeah. You mentioned Katie Burt and, you know, Katie Burt wasn't the starting netminder for the Boston pride. And then over time, it, it just really became evident that uh, Katie Burt was the, the goalie to go to. And, you know, I want to go to you on this one, Sam, because I want us to talk about how this team has changed. And since Angelica, you mentioned it, uh, I have uh, hopefully uh, cleverly entitled this, at least in my own mind, I know why the caged lion sings <laughs> because of that wild graphic. Girl. <laughs> No. You know we do it for the culture here at Founding Four Pod. <laughs> but Sam, okay. First of all, we would love for you to weigh in. We've talked about this on the Founding Four Pod before. Um, the 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 caged lion graphics, kind of a slow burn revealing the roster. Thoughts on that? Um, but then also, more seriously, <laughs> for 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 some, uh, what are your thoughts on the roster as it's been announced so far and any anticipation of uh, some players to come that maybe you saw on the ice while you were providing that radio style broadcast for us that we have not seen come out of the cage yet on social media. Yeah. So first of all, it is quite a shame that uh, some of these lions are still caged and were caged for so long during this off season. Uh, I think the fans were really clamoring for a lot of those signings to get out to them uh, sooner than they expected, but behind the scenes it, takes a lot sometimes to deal with these contracts or to deal with player visas and all behind the scenes things. So um, some of these players I'm about to tell you about, I should preface, I can't confirm nor deny any rumors. I'm not in the negotiating room. I don't have as much of the insider track as some fans 
uh, might expect. But the one name that did stand out to me that not a lot of fans will have heard of, uh, unless they may have followed Dan Rice, he had a hunch on this, uh, that was Taylor House wearing number 10 for the Boston Pride coming out of Quinnipiac. So she would be reunited if she does sign with this team with her former collegiate teammate, Corinne Schroeder, who is officially confirmed to be a member of the Boston Pride for next year. But in four years there, some highly offensive, uh, highly impressive offensive numbers finished fourth on the team last year in scoring and looked like a really solid option uh, down the middle. They had her in that preseason game, at least, uh, playing a lot with the veterans, playing a little bit more of a scrappy role. She had uh, McGarrett McManus on her wing uh, for a good portion of that game, but then was starting to get some top-line minutes, threw in some Allie Thunstrom on her wing, got to play a little wing herself with Taylor Wenskowski being out there. Uh, so she's definitely going to be one of the more impressive names I'll be looking at. And then one of the names just recently announced, Kayla Friesen. She's going to be back with the team. And then the other surprise to me during uh, the preseason game was Mary Parker out there on ice taking minutes. She was actually wearing not her professional number seven, but her collegiate number uh, 15, which was an interesting choice because uh, Becca Gilmore was announced earlier in the season. And that was her number at both Harvard uh, and seemingly with the pride. So It'll be interesting to see if Parker signs on for a full season with the team, if she's just a practice player and is taking reps in this preseason game. But I think if you were to get Mary Parker back, she's been part of this team since I think the very end of season three or even season two. A really good two-way forward has a very strong defensive game, and we all know she has, I think, one of the best wrist shots and one of the best natural snipes in the PHF. So if they can indeed get her back, I think that would be a very strong addition in any type of role, whether she's a practice player or whether she's a full-time st starter. And then amongst the goaltenders, both Corinne Schroeder and Lavisa Salander were at the game at Gallo Arena out on the Cape. Salander, she took a back seat to Schroeder in that game. Schroeder actually played all 60 minutes while the Rivs split their goaltenders, but uh, no word really either way, at least from what I know on Katie Burt on whether or not she may be joining this team. So that's going to be a big wait and see, I think, for a lot of Pride fans and a lot of fans of the league. Yeah. See, this is why we have Sam on, folks. Broke down so much for us right there and including mentioning Dan Rice, who we hope to have on one of our Twitter spaces. Again, we're going team by team starting in alpha order just happens to be that alpha order means we get to start with the champions. So, um, you know, I think um, we've also seen though, some departures, Sam, I'd love for you to weigh in on some of the players that I think have become synonymous with the Boston pride, but are now uh, roaming elsewhere i think uh migrating down the waters might be the better term because uh mallory oh, soliotis yes. you think about her specifically uh going to the connecticut whale and really seems like uh really seems like a shame the boston pride couldn't keep her on that team but no doubt she'll be a big addition to the connecticut whale team and i know you'll talk about them further along the line here on the Founding Four podcast looking oh so dangerous uh, for both 
the forwards and the defenders God, all yes. around. <laughs> and, so, so dangerous. But yeah, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> no, no worries. And then um, just recently announced earlier today, Tori Sullivan also going to be joining that Boston Pride team. And I think that was an unfortunate situation that we've seen not only from the Boston Pride, but really just amongst the league this year where all of these lineups have really talented players that have either been with them last year or been with them and years past. And with new talent they may be trying to bring in or new energy they may be trying to bring in to the locker room, there simply isn't enough room on some of these teams for some very talented players. And you can see that as both a positive and a negative in terms of how I think this league is growing. On the one hand, you have a lot more opportunity for college players to showcase their skills. You have an eighth team now, or I'm sorry, a seventh team now in Montreal and an eighth team coming soon. So you're going to have a lot more opportunity for these players coming out of the NCAA, out of youth sports. uh, And we're definitely getting a lot more international flavor this year if the ribs were any indication this preseason game. But then the other hand of that is that you're going to have very talented players being left off of rosters. And I think Tori Sullivan, while she is a great locker room presence, I think one of the great personalities we have in this league and a very talented player, sometimes it's just you may not make the cut when a team is as deep as the Boston Pride or even as deep as the Connecticut Whale. So I wish both uh, her and Mallory the best in Connecticut, and I know they're going to be both immediate impact, impact players for that roster. Yeah, I think it's interesting you mentioned, um, you know, space on the roster. I think we also need to, you know, also think about just space on the salary cap. The salary cap did double, but with that has come some pretty sizable um, contracts. I mean, um, obviously, we're not talking about Buffalo until Sunday, but Buffalo was a really great example of that with the the size of the contracts some of the players have received. So I think that that plays a lot into it as well, that, um, you know, some of the bigger name players and some of the bigger ticket players, I guess you could say, are kind of synonymous. So because of that, you have some of these depth players down the line or, you know, even some some that would be, you know, bigger names on other teams end up you know, going to those other teams because there just isn't enough money to go around for everybody just yet. I'm really glad that you mentioned that. And again, just shout out to everyone that has joined us. Um, We appreciate you. And if you have a question for any one of us here, uh, feel free to uh, raise your hand or request to join. Or if you want to talk about the Boston Pride, uh, let us know. But um, I'm glad you mentioned that, Angelica, because when I, it might've actually been a Mike Murphy tweet. sounds like it could have been, but when someone was talking about the salary cap and, and um, things of that nature, I remember tweeting one of the first things that I tweeted uh, regarding, especially that there wasn't really an established floor or ceiling was that this is something that the PHF has kind of reached WNBA status on. And I didn't necessarily mean it as, as a good thing. One of the things that we've seen as the salary cap, especially under the new CBA for the WNBA um, has raised, especially those top tier salaries, which essentially we, we start seeing in, you know, a la uh, Michaela Grant Mentis going from the Toronto six to Buffalo as those salaries raise and there's no cap, there's no maximum. That means that 
your general managers are going to have to do what Cheryl Reeve, who's the general manager and head coach of the Minnesota Lynx, says is a salary cap gymnastics. And so to the point that you, Angelica, made and, and that Sam was referring to regarding roster and maybe why we don't even have full rosters yet, or Dan Rice again, has, um, I believe, has tweeted that perhaps, quizás, maybe one of the reasons that we haven't seen anything from Katie Burt, who, ooh, child, had lots to say when that Isabel Cup was hitting the ice. Okay, let's not forget the drama. Um, and was ready, yeah. like was ready last year to, to put on for Boston again. The, these are some of the things that when you increase a salary um, uh, cap for a team, but you don't set regulations on a, a player minimum, player maximum. And and I think maybe some of those things, since I initially tweeted that comp to the WNBA and the PHF, uh, some of those things have been alluded to, but I don't know fully reported on Um I need to brush up on that. And by next, our next spaces, I'll, I'll do more digging. But anyway, the point is that the, the mathematics of it all and who child, Lord knows math ain't my thing, but um, <laughs> the mathematics of it all and keeping within that budget essentially can be difficult. And so teams now have to prioritize that. Now, this is a problem. I'm using air quotes. You can't see me. This is a problem that Sports league space. Um, and so in that sense, you're seeing women's hockey have difficult conversations that are very natural to um, sports and that the valuation and the value added that we're going to see co comparative to the salaries might I add that are disclosed because not all of them are yet. That'll work on that. But I think it goes back to, again, want to give stick taps and shout out to Mike Murphy. I know has been working on years on the analytics side and data, just like basic box score data. All of those things now are going to become part of the repertoire and toolkit of these players in a way that honestly, they never were before. Yeah, I think you're I think you're 100 percent correct there. Um, and I do see again, Mr. Mike Murphy in our uh, listener squad here. So shout out to him. But um, yeah, I mean, from what I understand, um, just with some basic math with the number of roster spots and the salary cap being what it is, I believe the minimum salary is around 13.5 um, for uh, signings. But again, you're right. I mean, we haven't really gotten any, you know, significant solid numbers on that. And and, um, you know, I do think that, uh, I mean, general managers have already kind of alluded to, in, in the PHF have already kind of alluded to the uh, fact that they're going to have to do some shuffling uh, once the... Uh, once the season really does get underway. So um, it's going to be interesting. And, and to be honest, I don't think any of the rosters uh, or roster signings um, have disclosed numbers in terms of what they're making as far, you know, as far as the Boston pride is concerned. I don't remember seeing uh, a single salary disclosed. I could be wrong, but. No, not a single one. It's only been really guesses so far as to um, even length, as far as I know right now, I believe of our signed players, the only two-year players are Flanagan, Thunstrom, and Lauren Gable, if I'm not mistaken. That wow. does sound, yeah, that sounds right. And I think that's also all something, right, as so we kind of alluded all, to with Erica, the salary cap, that could back, be something that we see become more important as well. Uh, for those who maybe uh, are not as familiar or, or don't recall, because again, this is not really media, something that I think has been talked about as much, but right there, so the 
the Erica, way uh, or Manny Kate you know, saying fans, I thought Fratkin released her salary and and I I think actually that sounds right that sounds because I think also we've seen it, it some of the more veteran players that have been around for a while uh, tend to hold up um their their salary and I I think that's a beautiful thing anyway um so what I was saying is um when you start to think of the opportunity, you know, with the salary cap and, and with all of, um, you know, the stats and stuff are, and how that can create a value added, right? And how essentially uh, valuable a player is knowing that um, teams now can sign a player for two years. Everything prior to was a, a year, one year contract. Essentially everyone, everyone was a free agent once the season ended, once their, their season ended. And the only time we saw multi-year contracts was actually with the Boston pride and with their coaching and uh, front office staff, pretty much. Um, You know, uh, we saw uh, Pauli Mara had an extension and then um, it was, um, why am I blanking now? Was it, it was Pilch, right? Who had, it was was Pilch. Yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah. Um, I wanted to make sure because I was like, no, I don't think it was um, Haley Moore, although maybe she did. But anyway, that we got those those were reported contract extensions. And of course, Pilch is now with, uh, I believe, still with the Chicago Blackhawks organization. But um, anyway, so I think all of that is really interesting. And the sense that I get from from Pauli Mara, speaking of him, uh, no coaching, no head coaching changes for the Boston Pride. But I think that when the Boston Pride got a new ownership group, they brought in Paulie Mara. You started to see, again, the commitment at the top level, general managers, coaches getting multi-year contracts. That put the Boston Pride ahead of, if you will, <laughs> the pack um, before things like the salary cap increase, before things like players being able to sign two-year contracts. And so I, I you know, we kind of, called this you know going for the three-peat but I think culture team culture is such a huge part of that and again I alluded to this but the Boston Pride they didn't have a great bubble season folks and I've been on the record saying if I've also been on the record saying I'm not great at math but I can do basic math and I just didn't understand how the Boston Pride advanced in that season Regardless, they did. And you know what? With their chance, their opportunity to compete for the Isabel Cup, they went and and they seized it. They claimed it. Um, But so now I think if you look at a team that hasn't had particularly the performance that on paper or even historically we expect from them and they've been able to perform, now that Polymara, now that the league um, overall, can you can really start to build – a franchise in a way like never before, you know, I'll go to you, Sam, first, you know, do you think it's, it's plausible for the Boston pride to find themselves in another Isabel cup, given, given that piece that they, they do have some returning elements, but then also I know we're going team by team, but comparative to what you see, at least on paper from other teams who are also trying to get better and establish their own foundational pieces. I still think they have as good a chance of anybody as of getting back to that final because when you look at how that bubble season ended and even how 2022 ended, all of those questions were arising about the Boston Pride. 
of, whoa, this isn't the 24-1 and team we saw from back in season five. They came out of the bubble. Uh, I remember, admittedly, in talking to Jillian Dempsey about this, they came out into the bubble completely flat. They were not playing whatsoever like they were capable of playing. And a lot of that, I remember her saying, was down to just not being able to develop that same team chemistry as in years past, not being able to really get the same feel of practices or game situ- situations uh, really under under your hat before the playoffs started. But then, as you mentioned, when they got their opportunity, when they took advantage and were able to be back at home at Warrior Ice Arena, they came together and they knew what they were capable of. And they, they knew that both of those games against Toronto and Minnesota were going to take a 60-minute effort from everybody, not just the stars who had been showing up in the bubble or those you would expect to show up on paper. And the same thing really carried over to 2022, the way they ended that regular season, five consecutive overtime losses, the last two of which were to the Buffalo Buttes, the team they were set to face in round one of the playoffs in Tampa. And then once they get down there, a lot of questions again were being asked. I'd said myself to some players Kind of, I know you guys are a good team, but can you really flip the switch that quickly under this same coach? And after seeing the first couple of minutes of that Buffalo Buttes game, I said to myself, yeah, I think this team is definitely flipping the switch. I think they're ready to go. But it's going to be interesting to see just how this season begins for the team, because obviously you don't want to get out to a slow start against any opponent in the PHF, but their banner raising that first game at home is going to be a finals rematch. And that Connecticut whale team, I'm sure they remember those Ides of March very well from that final game. They're going to be out for revenge. They're going to have two players, as I mentioned, Mallory Soliotis and Tori Sullivan wanting to break up that banner raising and ring ceremony a bit and say, Hey, this is what you left behind Boston pride. We're going to come and get you. So Uh, I think it's going to be imperative for the Pride to have a hot start and just kind of all those questions of doubt that really haunted them through the bubble and going into last season's playoffs remind everyone again that this is a team that can flip the switch immediately and be as dangerous, if not more dangerous than anybody else when they play their game up and down the lineup. I love it. I just went the switch. Hey, let's go. Theme song for the Boston Pride. Love it. Season eight. Can't even, um, can't even like believe it. Like here we are, fam. Here we are. But I also want to shout out Maddie Tate and Michael F. Lopez. See, this is why I love spaces because we can all contribute here. Yes, indeed. Tweet by Mike Murphy. Check it out in the, in the chat here. But yes, Kaylee Fratkin not only has uh, released her salary and is on a two year um contract um but also mike who's good with the numbers and the maths uh, also calculated her salary for this upcoming season comparative to all of the other seasons in which she has competed uh in the nwhl and now the phf so i love that all right angelica you heard what sam had to say yeah you know, good a chance as anyone. I guess that's that's true. I mean, here I am. I'm in my Seattle Kraken gear later tonight. Going to be watching to see if they can really uh, get the four 
additional wins that everyone's anticipating they can get from last season. <laughs> but that's a story for another <laughs> I know how to pick them, folks. Mets fan. Kraken fan. Oh I'm, I'm not going to outline them in case I mush them all. But anyway, you heard what Sam Fryman had to say. We talked a little bit about the roster. Let's talk about some impact players, uh, whether they are returning for another season or uh, fresh to the pack, to the pride. Who are some players that you think will have a big impact for this Boston squad? Uh, I mean, looking at it, I think that, you know, Boston is kind of doing the same thing Connecticut is with, you know, just adding on the players. Yes, they've lost, I think, a couple more key players than Connecticut has. Um, So it'll be interesting to see what that does. But, um, you know, I, I do think that bringing in, of course, Ali Thunstrom, you know, provided I know that she, I think, went down a little in that preseason game, Um, you know, provided she ends up healthy for the start of the season and throughout. Um, I think she's going to really, really, um, you know, be an impact player. I mean, obviously the pride are a fast team overall, but she just adds that extra level that I think that um, is really, really impressive. Um, And again, you know, she's got the veteran experience as well. Um, I really like the, um, couple of signings from overseas um Olivia Saputo you know was just uh announced I'm gonna be very intrigued because she is a Niagara Falls New York native so that is going to add an interesting layer to the rivalry with uh Buffalo but um uh in addition you know I think that depth signings like Kayla Friesen are also going to be really really important because you know like we've just been saying throughout this uh throughout this Twitter space um I think that it's just that's what's really going to make the difference, especially deep in the season or in the postseason um, for the pride that they're going to have those players step up. They're going to have those players turn an extra gear on. And it's not going to be all about the stars the way, you know, some other teams have kind of had to rely on, you know, their stars. Um, And then, you know, of course, you know, Sammy Davis, I think, is going to be, you know, just as impactful, I think, as she was last season. Um, and uh, I am really, really excited to see what she does uh, going forward as well. I love it. And we're going to go to Sam, you for some impact players as well. But shout out to uh, Migre, who's a listener in here as well. Uh, speaking of a salary cap, I need a salary cap for how much money I'm going to turn over to them this year. For- <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Migre? <laughs> for PHF jerseys and, uh, yeah, um, you know, also some some players uh, signing up with Migrate to have um, some of their equipment signed and, and auctioned off. So so we love to see it. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> I'm serious though. I I need a salary cap, aka a budget. I guess that's what like <laughs> us normal people call it. <laughs> Sam, impact players for this year's Boston Pride. Well, I think uh, I'll give you a group of impact players that may be in there. And that's going to be just this defensive unit as a whole, especially um, with the news recently that Lauren Kelly is going to be out long-term, unfortunately suffered a broken leg in that preseason tilt against Harvard. She's going to actually be having surgery tomorrow. So we absolutely wish her the best. And she know, we know she's going to get uh, uh, the best medical care she can in her recovery. Uh, not sure 
what the defensive unit is exactly going to look like, but turning to some of the line combinations at who impact could come from in the lines, what the pride started out with the very first line in this game was, I actually called it on the radio broadcast, the Clarkson connection. It was the three former golden Knights teammates. You had Kayla Friesen centering those two new Boston pride rookies, Lauren Gable and Elizabeth Jaguer. And Jaguar and Gable, especially with their years together, not only winning multiple national championships and taking the Patty Kazmaier Award one year after another, they just looked like they were so in sync out there on the ice. Every single shift they played, even when Friesen wasn't centering them, which is what happened later in the game. So I expect the two of them to firmly be in the running for newcomer of the year if they're going to get a top six position that's going to be possibly the pride second line or even third line. And the one player I really liked how she started to come into her role last year. And I expect some big things from her this year. That's going to be McGarrah McManus. She showed a lot of offensive skill the last couple of years with this team and really helping them in the depth depth role. But what I can't emphasize enough about McManus's game, especially is how she grinds and wins puck battles along the wall. She's constantly doing show. She's a great force on the penalty kill also, which is interesting despite her size. She's not the tallest player at five foot five, but she's very speedy. And then she, better than a lot of players on this Boston Pride team, is great at turning that defense into offense. So whether she's on the wing or whether they put her back, at center, I think McManus is definitely going to be one of those depth player depth players you're really going to have to keep your eye on because she's what I would describe almost as a Swiss Army forward. You can put her on any line in any situation, offensively, defensively. She's going to get the job done for you. And oh, by the way, if you're not careful, she can burn you with that offense too. She was a big goal scorer at UNH. She's continued to do so. Uh, at the professional ranks and just a maybe not an impact player but an impact line I will be very interested in seeing if they keep these two together because of how they played against the ribs Christina Putinia and Ali Thunstrom they were really uh, starting to master that cherry picking pass of just Putinia setting it up through the zone, and then Thunstrom killing everybody, as she often does with her speed. So if they can get a few more of those passes to connect tape to tape, my goodness, could that be a deadly duo for the rest of the PAHF. Putinia could almost become uh, the new Jonna Curtis. Of what was a lethal duo in Minnesota, I think Putinia Thunstrom could be your new lethal duo in Boston, Massachusetts. Oh, God, I hope not. Oh, um, <laughs> quick shout out, though, to McGarrett McManus's father, who uh, hung out with me the majority of the weekend in uh, Tampa. Good guy there. Um, I cannot remember his last, first name for the death of me. I think Mr. his first name is Paul. <laughs> Mr. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. McManus, uh, great guy, super, super nice, uh, very, very jocular, really enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, I agree with everything that Sam said, and I'm, I'm very, very intrigued to see that Putinia Thunstrom duo. Um, yeah, definitely. Oh, my, like, 
Sam said all of the all of the things we talked about defense we talked about consistency and having familiarity with lines I feel like I mean other than it just being really good analysis like obviously I feel like he also said that because he knows those are all the things that I like and was trying to make up for absolutely roasting me on my own Twitter spaces (laughs) when we get into hockey there's no more roasting we're all friends in this space Until we're not. Until we're so. not. <laughs> all good. All good. Okay. So we're gonna we're gonna start wrapping it up here. I would love because I think we we also, you know, did get into a lot there about what this Boston Pride team needs to do. Sam talking about, you know, just having that hot start, early start. And you also alluded to something which is where I would like it like us to end for this spaces. You alluded to that opening matchup right ides of march rematch and the connecticut whale are going to be uh traveling up to the boston pride that's going to be saturday november 5th but then also uh per the phf twitter account the um madison packer and kaylee fratkin versus the penalty box challenge will be on and pop in that sunday november 6th both games at warrior ice arena so that's how the the boston pride will open the eighth ever their eighth ever season um and now this season upcoming in the premier hockey federation are there other games we'll start with you sam that you have circled that you think uh boston pride fans are gonna really enjoy well i think first and foremost it's gonna be their first home game or their first game total against the newest members of the league la force de montreal uh, they go and visit them the second to last weekend of January for the first time up there north of the border. And then the force, they don't come to Boston until mid-February, February 18th and 19th. So the new kids on the block, it's always going to be fun to kind of see where they are, see how you match up against them. And they're going to be, they're going to be feisty. They're definitely going to bring the energy, want to really assert themselves in their very first season. We saw what the Whitecaps obviously did in their first official season in the PHF, not their first official season as a team, but they went all the way to the Isabel cup final and won it. And then how you look at how lethal the Toronto six have been just in their first few years, of existence so Montreal no doubt going to try to follow the same pattern and then if I had to pick another uh, very intriguing matchup I think it would be that next weekend the Boston Pride going to visit the Minnesota Whitecaps on November 18th and 19th and I'm very interested to see what kind of homecoming reception Allie Thunstrom is going to get from the Minnesota faithful because I would really really hope that it is a great one there at Richfield Ice Arena. It's got the capacity, I believe, a little more, actually, than Tria Rink. So I hope the Minnesota faithful come out there and full force and give her a large round of applause before that game begins. And hopefully she doesn't burn them too bad on the goal-scoring sheet, although knowing Allie, I think she'll probably want to get a couple against her old team and old teammates. Yeah, I have every reason to believe that she will be equal parts Maybe, maybe not equal, but uh, she will definitely be cheered and booed in that game. That's my bold prediction. (laughs) Uh, And Helika, anything that you have on your radar? Uh, Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm intrigued to see what that uh, 
that ma- first matchup against the Six is going to look like. Um, I mean, the Pride don't necessarily have it that easy to start or close the season. Uh, they're starting against the Whale. Uh, within the first month, they have their first matchup against the Six. They're closing out against the Six as well. And I think the Six is going to have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder, especially considering the way their season played out last year. You know, they were tops of the league for the majority of the season, um, you know, had an amazing, you know, run. And then talk about it, you know, (laughs) yeah, got, got, uh, got knocked out, you know, unexpectedly in the first round, but, uh, or, you know, not the first round, but the first games that they played at least the, the semis. So, um, I think that they are going to have a lot to want to prove against the, uh, reigning PHF champs, especially considering some of that trash talk. So, yes, picante, picante, picante. We talked about some of the trash talk that was happening on Twitter. We talked about it on Twitter spaces, uh, you know, Kaylee Fracky and Lee showing off the, them rings <laughs> to one Soroya Tinker, who then was like, fam, I've been I've been living rent free in, in the head all these years. OK, let's go. It's on. It's on. Right? And um, so, yeah, they're going to see each other in that second series for Boston and then two games in Toronto in the six to close out the regular season. So that's going to be exciting. Uh, But we're going to close it out because I see the PHF is tweeting because one Michaela Grant Mentis is right here in my city in Angelica and I state. Uh, She is at the Women's Sports Foundation uh, event happening tonight. So make sure you follow the PHF if you don't already. Hopefully we'll get some good Bucky content. Sam Fryman, thanks so much for joining us. We are so thrilled to have you uh, as we had our first team-specific PHF preview on Twitter Spaces. Um, but uh, I, I know Angelica is going to be ready for next our next one because, again, we are going in alpha order. So uh, I, I might not know math, but I do the letters sometimes. Uh, and I believe that means <laughs> the Buffalo Buttes are up next. Um, so we'll have that for you. We're doing um, Sunday, Wednesday, folks. And you can head over to uh, blackrosymedia.com. The full schedule is out there. We've already announced some of the guests that will join us. And there are more that we are confirming. But Sam Fryman, we know that we were able to hear you on on the airwaves for the preseason exhibition games. Let the folks know where they can find you. Again, some people just listen. But if you are just listening, also open up Twitter spaces. Follow everyone that's in the room and on the stage. But Sam, uh, where can folks find you? Just just say it out loud and proud for us. And then uh, what do you have coming up this PHF season? Yeah, so in the Twitterverse on here, you can find me at sfryman20. Pretty simple, 20 being the day uh, of my birthday in November, coming up soon. Um, and then in terms of PHF content, I do a little bit of my own writing for the Boston Pride and on my personal website. That's frymanhockeywritings.wordpress.com. I've got some uh, Pride PHF articles out there, as well as a very special article about how I got my start in women's hockey for the University of Pennsylvania. And then this season, uh, you can listen to me and you can listen to Erica Ayala. I know she'll be there plenty of times. Uh, The PHF on ESPN Plus broadcasting plenty of games. I can tell you I will have my first broadcast in mid-December. I'm going to be bringing you a weekend of Minnesota Whitecaps versus Montreal Force, and hopefully that's a few few more games 
to come for me on the PHF schedule. And perhaps, I say perhaps, quizás, as you might say, Erica, I will be trying to do uh, a little more of that radio style as the season progresses. So keep an ear out. Bueno, let's go. I love it. Well, love not it. Sam right, dropping the Spanish on us. Hey. <laughs> I think it's love still it. Hispanic Heritage Month in the middle of a month to the next middle of the month month. Girl, it's always Hispanic <laughs> Heritage Month when it's involving us. What you mean? You right. Claro. <laughs> I love it. La verdad. I mean, Sam also just like drop it all kinds of info here. So uh, I'll tell you a little bit about my broadcast schedule. But first, Angelica, where can folks find you? Oh, y'all already know. I'm at Reina de la Isla on Twitter. And uh, you can find my writing on the Ice Garden. I just dropped my first weekly Beats notebook. Um, I will be coming up with my second in a while, um, probably next Tuesday. Um, You can probably expect that to drop. Uh, Also got uh, a column coming up. um, And uh, just keep an eye out for my Beats preview. Again, we're getting closer and closer to the season, which means that... uh, my deadlines are getting closer and closer, so uh, don't uh, don't miss out, and uh, you'll you'll see a lot from me down the pipeline. And again, I do have a um, feature coming up with uh, one Claudia Kepler from the Buffalo Buttes. Um, we're hopefully going to be talking in the next week, so uh, yeah, stay tuned. I mean, there is a soundboard here that I have access to, but I think I have to take it back old school for those longtime founding four pod listeners. And between all of the little nuggets that our co-host dropped, all I have to say is (laughs) y'all are crushing the game. I love it. I love it. Yes, that's right. I feel like Mike and I need to record our OG like I just I feel like it's just better when you make the sounds your own, by yourself but as oh, yeah. Sam mentioned uh we have the PHF on ESPN plus and I actually am gonna get that uh that uh Ides of March rematch so I my first game of this season is the first Boston Pride game of the season as they take on the Connecticut Whale and you can find me well right now I'm at founding four pod but please give give the podcast a follow we'll be on Twitter spaces and then on Wednesdays once we get to the season we'll go back to our audio platform and our more traditional style um podcast but you can also follow me at elindsay08 that's e-l-i-n-d-s-a-y 08 and if you are an m nhl fan i'm doing a watch party tonight with uh locked on kraken there's uh this platform called playback where we can uh similarly to this space but there is a video component and we're all watching the same feed together so none of that you know someone's 40 seconds before you and they react to a goal before you know you even get out of commercial break so that's why i love playback so feel free to join me tonight i'm gonna take a nap after this well i'm gonna eat and then i'm gonna take a nap <laughs> and i'll be doing that but um that is gonna do it for sam Fryman and angelica rodriguez thank you so much for joining us on twitter spaces our phf preview boston pride edition sunday will be back 5 p.m eastern time we'll have our buffalo buttes preview and angelica of course will be there but also melissa burgess will be one of our confirmed guests so We're coming with the heavy hitters every Sunday, every Wednesday, right here on Twitter Spaces. Thanks, everyone, for joining us, and we'll catch you next time. See ya. Thank you.